If you're listening to this and you're in a position and you're feeling imposter syndrome, if someone else was meant to be where you are, they would be there. Welcome to the Know Why Podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. For many of us, it's not enough to know what people say about life's most important questions. We also want to know why. Each week, Know Why tackles tough questions on topics ranging from spirituality to current events. While we approach these issues from a Christian perspective, we discuss diverse opinions and ultimately dive into what the research says. Are you ready to know why? Let's get started. Have you ever felt anxious at work or school? Do you ever feel pressured by others or even yourself to achieve all you set out to accomplish by a certain timeline? Have you ever felt undervalued and misunderstood by peers or even managers, or maybe struggled with something called imposter syndrome, impeding your ability to understand your own value? If so, you're not alone, and I'm so glad you're listening to this episode today. Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter, and we are going to be talking about all things mental health and ability to cope at work um, and in the professional field because that's an issue that is very relevant to our generations. Um, According to research, because we love research here at the Know Why podcast, millennials and Gen Z are the most educated generations in history, but we also carry the most work-related stress of any other generations. Um, And there is a lot of reason for this. Um, but even if you're not a young adult, chances are you've dealt with work-related stress. In fact, the Wall Street Journal reported that 82% of people have uh, suffered from imposter syndrome at some point. So, um, and we've discussed this on the Know Why as well, of people falling into workism, which is a way of thinking and living um, where we place our identity and what we do to earn money. And, and that is contributing to the stress we're feeling at work as well. So whoever you are, If you're a student about to enter the workforce or somebody who's balancing work and life, I'm glad you're listening. And I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, Peyton Luke. Hi, Peyton. Hello, Liberty. Thanks for having me. So I'm um, excited to introduce Peyton for a few reasons. One, because she is going to be an excellent guest on the podcast and is an expert on everything that we're talking about because um, she has held many titles and has done a really uh, great job in all of her experiences of learning how to cope with the things that we've been discussing and has so much wisdom to offer. She also happens to be a lifelong friend. We go back quite a ways. Um, We do indeed. So we we won't mention the exact number exact number of how many years of how many well, we years can we've say known each other probably this i was four and she was five yeah we met at church we grew up in the same small town country church so yes, we did we can we can leave it there yeah and we're millennials so you can do the math so um anyways yes Peyton is going to be our guest today. So um, she, the title she currently holds is Media Specialist for First Liberty Institute, um, which is a religious freedom law firm that does a lot of very great work. She's also the producer and sometimes guest host of First Liberty Live, which is First Liberty Institute's weekly show that you can find at firstlibertylive.com. She also happens to be a regular contributor to the Millennial Roundtable on Point of View uh, Talk Radio and sometimes the weekend edition of Point of View as well. So she does a lot of things. Oh, and in her spare time, she's working on her master's degree of jurisprudence from the AM School of Law. Did I get everything? 
Yeah, you did. You did a great job. Okay, thank you. So Peyton, uh, thanks again for being here today. So I've given listeners the rundown of what you currently do, but like I said before, you've actually done a lot of things. So can you just kind of give us an overview of your professional experience? Sure. So I am a summa cum laude graduate of Oral Roberts University. I majored in convergence journalism. And a lot of people ask me, what's convergence journalism? Well, at that time too, it was like, okay, journalism now isn't just print. We have to merge these worlds of radio and television and print and social media. So convergence is the bringing together of all those different elements of communication, whether that is audio, visual, the written word, and how to address it in those different avenues. So I went to ORU. Um, My junior year, I was the student body president. And then soon after that, I actually, between my junior and senior year, I did intern at Fox News in New York City, um, which had been an absolute (laughs) dream internship. I think I even thought about it while I was brainstorming with you at your house one Sunday after church and we were making omelets in the kitchen for lunch. (laughs) So on brand. We started looking up internships Uh because at the time Liberty was also interested in journalism and all as well, which you did. Yes. I also majored in journalism, not convergence journalism, but yes. So, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but not only were you student body president of a large university in your junior year, you were the first woman student body president in a decade. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then after graduation, I worked in the president's office of the university. And um, then soon after that, um, I was looking at the potential of law school and all the different opportunities because I was very passionate about it. And at that time, I decided that I wasn't going to pursue moving to New York City, which we'll get into a little bit later in the story. That's a that's a loaded conversation mm-hmm. right there. Um, but I was looking at, at law school because I really wanted to be boots on the ground, part of what was happening in society and politics and government. And um, soon after that, though, during covid I was the media director at our hometown church. And so that was a whole different world to view coming from just the church and how we were getting the message out to people. And even though the platform and the medium might be different because we couldn't meet in the church building, it's like the word of God was still the same Mm -hmm. and it was still going forth and out. It just might be in different ways. Yeah. Um, so that was an exciting opportunity. And then soon after that, then, yeah, I started my master's degree at A&M School of Law. And that passion of media converged with working at First Liberty, which is a law firm protecting religious liberty mm-hmm. um, across the nation. So it was kind of like my worlds collided in this perfect mix. And I'm, I'm loving it. And it's a great opportunity. So that's kind of a, a rundown of my resume, if you will. Yes. So you have accomplished a lot. You've held a lot of interesting titles. Um, And, you know, now, like you said, everything has converged for you, um, your interests and your passion and your skill set, which is great. But it wasn't always an easy journey. And since I do know you and I have known you for such a long time, I know that Peyton has, um, I know what she's walked through and I know that the wisdom that she shares is hard earned and legitimate. And so I really Hope people who may be going through similar things in their career or just like on that journey or figuring it out will really pay attention because these are things that everybody 
deals with, regardless of what field you're in or what field of study you're in or think that you want to go in, you're going to run into some bumps along the way. And so let's start out with the first big thing. When you became student body president, a lot of visibility right away, a lot of responsibility. And then right after college, going into work for the president of the university or right after you graduated. And then, you know, that was also a very high um, visibility and a lot of responsibility uh, job. So what were some challenges that you didn't expect getting those kind of high profile responsibility, heavy jobs at such a young age? Yeah. Um, I think it was really an interesting time and I'll, I'll get really real with, with all of it as well. Um, I was, I was very, very passionate about it. And I would just tell people you return to the Lord and you have to know that it's him calling you to something because the road is going to be tough mm-hmm. and you have to return back to those, those promises. So I did get a lot of visit, visibility at a young age. It was also the year of the 50th anniversary. So there was a lot when it came to public relations, donor relations. I was much more externally like used and like, front-facing the most of the former student body presidents because it was the 50th anniversary and because I had gained the trust of the administration. And, you know, my parents had also raised me and and my brothers, I have two older brothers, to be very professional from a young age. Um, and so there were certain challenges of being so visible at that age. Cause at the same time I was balancing being a student, I was in the honors program. I still had, you know, great friends that were on campus and I didn't want to seem like, Oh, they, they don't know what's going on or I'm being snobby and ignoring them when really what's running through my mind is, Oh my gosh, I have a million things to do. Mm-hmm. And I really want to get an A in this class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm running between meetings. Um, But really, I think some of the struggles come down to sometimes misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. And you cannot control what other people's perception is of you, especially in a public position. And I think that hit home for me because in the past, if there was a misunderstanding with a friend or family member, I felt like I was decently okay at being able to address the situation, talk to them, get to the root of the issue, you know, and we could come to either a compromise or an apology one way or another and things would get smoothed out. Then suddenly I'm in this position and I don't know where the criticism is coming from. People have misconceptions about you. They assume you have malintent because when you're getting into a position like a political position, they think you're only in it for the power grab. Mm. They think you just want it for position and popularity. And that's not what my heart was in all of that. I had so many ideas and passions. And then suddenly I was hit with people aren't always going to understand my heart and my intentions. And to an extent, I can't control that. And I have to accept it and move on and return back to this is a dream and a passion the Lord put in my heart for such a time as this, Mm. as it would be like with Esther and all. And I just have to rise up and know and stand on those promises that he called me to that in that time. He opened the doors and those were an opportunity. I had to take them as they came and I couldn't be distracted with negativity around me. Mm, Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, negativity, the, you know, toxicity of people in your life. That's sometimes 
um, people can get a little extreme with that, but you do have to learn how to focus on what you're supposed to be focused on and not worry about other people's perception of you all the time. And I think that is hard for this generation that is entering adulthood now because, um, you know, if you're Gen Z, you may have had Instagram since before you were in high school, like the image aesthetic developing a personal brand. These are things that are just part of life for young adults now. And so like online, you can pretty much control how people perceive you and um, and people put a lot of energy into that. But it's when you're like you were saying, when you're in person and you're doing a job and maybe you're learning along the way and you've, you know, got your own issues going on that aren't visible to other people, um, it can be really hurtful and stressful when you feel like people don't understand you and they're misunderstanding. So I love how you talked about like just, you know, staying focused. Um, So what are some other tips like for people who do feel like they are losing control of that uh, image, the image or perception that people have of them? Is that something you kind of have to let go of when you enter the professional world? Yeah, you do. I, I do still believe that there is a certain level of professional decorum that you present yourself with. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you do what you can. And then after that, you have to, as the saying goes, let go and let God. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot control what's going on in other people's minds. That's where you have to be rooted in the word, know what your intentions are, what the Lord has called you to. And I would also say that goes back to your time in the quiet place as well. Because if you're called to a certain position, and guess what? It might not be a public position. Maybe it is as a secretary somewhere or at the Chick-fil-A counter or whatever else that you're doing. Mm -hmm. But you're in that time and in that season and you have to trust the Lord and his timing no matter what is going to come up. Because guess what? The fiery darts of the enemy are going to come at you. And life is hard. I know the upcoming generation also doesn't want to hear that. But there are challenges. And that's where you have to stand then on the rock and the foundation and the cornerstone of who Christ is. And then it's like, you know what? This is a storm. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be shaken. Yeah. And I know who I am and I know who my God is. He has not failed me in the past. He will not fail me in the future. He's going before me. He's behind me. He's right beside me. He's holding my hand. So I do not have to fear the situation and then get drained and discouraged by the fear and everything else that's going Mm -hmm. on around me. And then that's what leads into anxiety. Mm, Yeah. And I was going to ask this later on, but you're doing such a great job of explaining it now. Um, So you obviously are a person of deep faith and I know that as your friend and so am I, but um, you know, we have a lot of spiritual people in the, our generation, generation Z. Um, What is the importance of that spiritual foundation? You talked about the quiet place. So for anybody who's not a Christian, maybe explain what you mean by that. And then also just, can you tell us, um, do you think that you would be able to cope as well as you have with some of those just pressures and life lessons if you didn't have a spiritual foundation? I'll I'll address that one first. The answer is no. Mm. (laughs) Like, there, there were so many things that went on and the Lord really was the foundation. And I know 
that sounds cliche or maybe as someone's on the fence about their faith, but truly I, it's some of those seasons I look back and if I think about not having the Lord, I would have felt so lost. I would have been filled with so much discouragement, anxiety, fear, frustration. And the thing that pulled me out then was being like, okay, I, I, I have a sense in my spirit this is what I'm called to do and where I'm supposed to be. And because of that, that comes from, so when I say the quiet place, that's like your alone time with the Lord. Or mm-hmm. guess what? Some people think, oh, that has to be you sitting on your bed or at the table with a Bible and journal. It doesn't have to be. It could also be like when you're going on a morning or evening walk or mm-hmm. run. Like there are other times that people, you know, have that time with the Lord and that quiet time. But then it also goes back to friends. Because mm-hmm. when you're a believer and, and life gets hard and no one's, not everyone's going to understand you, you have to have those core people in your life that you can call, mm-hmm. that you can vent. Because guess what? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're also perfect. You're a human. You have, you have feelings. You, have, you, have to you can that. be hurt. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know it's sometimes hard when everyone's like, oh, just stand on the word of the Lord. It's like, yes, but sometimes you need that encouragement spoken into like yeah. encouragement literally when you separate the root of all of it means to put courage into. So wow. if someone else is able to encourage a fellow believer, they're literally putting courage into them. And for all the listeners here, literally Liberty has done this for me multiple times. Aww. And likewise. Yeah. But that's how life goes when yeah. you're in a body of believers and in a community. And that goes back to, such an importance of the community. And I know we're about to get into it in a second, but you know, another struggle is imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And we're about to explain that as well. But also then you have people who know you and then know your heart. So when you start to question that, or you have a moment where your faith is rattled or other things, you have those people who know you and they're able to be like, look, Peyton, I know this about you. This is, these are things you've said in the past. I know this is a calling on your life. You know, I, I speak these things into your life. Let's pray together. And it puts the courage back in you to be mm. back out on the front lines. Yeah, that is so good. And just, you know, I wanted to add something. Um, this is something from Harvard uh, University. Mm, so smart. Pre- pretty <laughs> prestigious. Um, this is uh, something from 2018. They were talking about... Um, a recent study that had come out. Many children raised religiously. Um, sh- the study shows that powerfully affects their health behaviors, their mental health, and overall happiness and well-being. This is something that um, we have and will talk about on the podcast more. But having that spiritual foundation and that religious community, you can look at studies. It really is statistically tied to better life outcomes, including mental health, the ability to cope. That doesn't mean you're not going to struggle like Peyton said, but it gives you for so many people they have found when they have a spiritual foundation and a spiritual community like that, it gives you the tools to get through those times. You're going to need it. Yeah. And so um, that's just something we'll add a few links like that in the show notes, if you'd like to explore that some more, but you brought up imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, let's talk about that because I think that some groups can be especially prone to it. Um, people who are younger, maybe just entering the field and maybe they get a great job or they're given a lot of responsibility right out of the gate and then they're like inside, oh, 
I don't know if I'm qualified to handle this. Or maybe people uh, like women or minorities who, you know, are getting a lot of great opportunities in the modern age, but there hasn't always been space for us before. Um, and so then that can be difficult. So, and again, the the thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, 82% of people of all ages and everybody has dealt with imposter syndrome. It's common. So how do you overcome that? Sure. And just to kind of, you know, explain exactly what imposter syndrome is. It's imposter syndrome is the condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally, despite high performing in external objective ways. Ooh, so I this, experiencing internal success. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, internally. Yeah. Despite by high-performing external objective ways. Yeah, it, you feel like a fraud or a phony mm -hmm. or you doubt your abilities or your worth. Like you don't feel worthy to be in that position. I would say I did kind of fall for this. I, I would say I started out, you know, really excited, really passionate, and I was, I was going all out. And then when I got into the position— like I kept going, but like those little lies from the enemy gradually start to get into your head. And I did not feel always worthy or like, guess what? There should be someone else doing it. I'm sure there's someone else more, mm. more qualified. I'm surrounded by a student body with so many amazing individuals. I'm sure there's someone else that could be doing an even better job or have better ideas or talk to the student body in an even more like cool or fun way. But it's like you have to return back to that I was placed in that position at that time. Mm -hmm. If someone else was meant to be there, they would be there. If you're listening to this and you're in a position and you're feeling imposter syndrome, if someone else was meant to be where you are, they would be there. Mm -hmm. But you are there now. And so that's where you then start to collect. And it's like, don't feel like a fraud. Don't feel unworthy. Someone saw your abilities and capabilities. And now you have the opportunity to show why and not to fall under the pressure either. Because I, there's another saying that I, I love, and it's called, it's pressure is a privilege. Hmm. So when you start to feel the pressure, Take it as an opportunity. Don't succumb to it. Mm -hmm. Don't try to get anxious. And I'm not saying you won't have anxious feelings. I still, you know, get anxious and nervous about things too. But that's also sometimes if I hadn't been, had time to prepare or other things, yeah. that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but it's pressure is a privilege. So if you're thinking about you're about to be public speaking and you're just like, oh my gosh, what's the audience going to think of me? Like you're putting your thoughts and your minds on the wrong things. It's more like, I am going to hit it out of the park with making the opening statement like creative, but I'm going to grab the audience's yeah. attention. Um, let's put some stuff in there and explain it in a way like they thought this was going to be boring and I'm going to make it really interesting. Mm -hmm. So you have to come at it like pressure is a privilege and take it as a creative opportunity. Be sure to tune in next week for part two of our interview with Peyton Luke.